Hi, this is Discover the Wall from English Heritage. I'm Maddie Moat, exploring Hadrian's Wall. The Roman Empire was vast, and as a result, there were people from loads of different nations who lived on the wall. In this episode, I'm at Chester's Roman Fort and Museum, finding out about people from afar. I'm with Andrew, who's an English heritage historian. Hi, Andrew. Hello. Where were most of the soldiers from? Well, people often think that the Romans are from Rome or from Italy, but actually, (laughs) um, by the time that Hadrian was the emperor, uh, the Romans came from right across the Roman world. Hadrian himself, of course, uh, well, his family were from uh, from Spain. So along Hadrian's Wall, we had uh, soldiers and their families from who were originally from places far flung as Spain, as from North Africa, um, Dacia, which is modern-day Romania, um, uh, Pannonia, which was which is modern-day Hungary, um, from Syria as well, um, and lots from places a little bit closer uh, to, to Britain, such as Gaul, modern-day France, uh, Belgium, and Germany. Very international. Absolutely, yeah. What with, what language would they have used when they were talking with each other? Presumably, um, they would have used Latin, which is mm. the, the the language of of the empire. But they possibly would have retained some of the languages um, of their homeland amongst themselves. Um, and maybe had to have learned others depending upon uh, who they came into contact with on a daily basis. Andrew's telling me that most of the soldiers here at Chester's Roman fort were Asturians. The Asturians are from Asturias, which is in northern Spain. It's a region of northern Spain today. Why were the Asturians here? Well, the Asturians were uh, auxiliary soldiers. So the the Romans recruited um, people who lived in the empire, but who weren't... Roman citizens and they did this in order to provide uh, additional skills to their army. So the Asturians were very good at fighting on horseback and so they were brought to Chester's in order to uh, be the garrison um, and to use their, their skills to protect Hadrian's Wall. If the Asturians came hand in hand with horses, where were all those horses kept? Well, it was thought for a long time that there were lots of stables um, in, in these, uh, these forts, but nobody had ever actually found them. Uh, and then archaeologists discovered that they didn't keep the horses in stables at all. They actually lived alongside the horses inside the barracks. In the last episode, I discovered that there wasn't much space for the soldiers in the barracks at Housesteads, but the soldiers here at Chester's were cavalry, meaning they fought on horseback. So their barracks were bigger because they needed to fit their horses in too. The cavalry are a little bit more uh, elite and they get a certain privileges. So that means rather than having eight people in a barrack, you only actually have three, which makes things a little bit easier. That's a lot more space. It's a lot more space until you realise that you also have to have three horses as well. Wow. So what you'd, what you'd have is that in the front of the barrack, you would have three horses then you'd have a partition and then in the back of the barrack that's where the 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 soldiers would sleep and eat and and live and would the soldiers be responsible for their own horse it's a it's an interesting question it's one we don't have any definite answers to ultimately the responsibility does rest with the soldier the uh, the soldier pays for their own horse if they lose their horse the horse dies then they have to replace the horse but they probably had some kind of groom to look after the horse. Uh, but where the groom slept, we don't know. Perhaps there was a second story where the groom slept above above, above the horses and, and, and looked after them. So really the living situation for the cavalrymen, the soldiers in this scenario, isn't that different to that of the horses. I imagine the horses might have a bit of straw or hay, yep. but actually 
the lads have probably got the same. Yes, they've, they've not, <laughs> not got a lot, much, lot more room. And the horses, of course, are very, very valuable. So you want to treat them very well. And I imagine the horses come with a lot of kits, with saddles, other bits and pieces. Yeah, bits and pieces of armour, decoration, saddles, etc. And uh, horses produce a lot of waste as well. So where did all of that waste go? Well, what would have happened was they would have actually dug a pit in the front room of the uh, of the barrack mm-hmm. and any waste would have fallen down into the pit and then some unfortunate would have had to cleared it out once in a while so it didn't smell too badly. Oh, right next door to where you're laying your head to sleep. That can't have been nice. No, it can't have been nice at all. The Asturians bought horses and their skill as cavalrymen, but who else was here along the wall? Well, at... Uh, but Oswald, for example, we had a unit of Dacians, which roughly corresponds to modern-day uh, Romania. OK. Now, they weren't cavalry, they were infantry. Meaning that they came from somewhere else and were brought here with their skills. Yeah, with their skills and their, their, cult- their specific cultural practices. And we know that while they were um, very much uh, sort of Roman and they supported the Roman Empire, they also retained a lot of their uh, their traditions from their from their homeland. So whenever they put up, for example, uh, uh, an inscription when then, uh, proclaiming that they had they had built something, they would include um, uh, a carving of their traditional weapon. And what was that? Known as the falcs. So it's like a curved sword. Um, and it's not. We, we don't know whether they actually still wielded it in battle, but they certainly took pride in the fact that they had once fought with it. And indeed, they previously, some some decades before they became, uh, before they came to Hadrian's Wall, actually fought against the Romans themselves Aye. using the fox. And then here they are, some some decades, probably some generations later, on Hadrian's Wall being part of the same Roman army that they'd once fought against. But nevertheless, using their traditional weapon as a way of marking their place here. So Hadrian's Wall really was a multicultural place with soldiers from all over the Roman Empire. But what was the benefit of having auxiliaries here? Why did the Empire call on those soldiers who weren't Roman citizens to Hadrian's Wall? And why were there cavalry here? You need additional troops. So you, you, first of all, you get more bodies if you have auxiliaries uh, in addition to legionaries. Having cavalry at a place like Chester's is really, really important because we're in um, what would be uh, a vulnerable point within the, uh, within the frontier. We're in a river valley. You've got the river. It's flat. It's open. It's easy to move for um, any undesirables or any threats to move through this area. And what you need is you need fast troops that can patrol it and also uh, troops that can respond to any trouble quickly if, if, there was, if, if, if any threats emerged to the war. But as these were sort of bonus troops in a way, sort of just, you know, just more men, more numbers, were they paid less? They were paid a lot less than the legionaries. The legionaries were citizens. They had a lot more, lot higher status. They were paid more. The auxiliaries were not citizens. They joined up to do 25 years service. At the end of that, they would become Roman citizens and they were paid less because they weren't considered to be um, strong in battle, etc. Mm. But to be honest, they were, they were, hugely significant uh, troops and, and the Roman army could not have functioned without them. What they would do is that they, they conquered new, new nations. They would try to bring their soldiers within the army and benefit from the skills that these, these nations had. Well, Hadrian's Wall benefited from these skills. I mean, the rate at which it got built, yeah. <laughs> I think, goes to show that. But 
was there any risk of taking these skills uh, and these strong men away from their nations? Does it leave that more, them more vulnerable? No, because I think, and, and this was part of the, the, the I think the, the original strategy was that often once nations had been conquered, they would then recruit or force, let's say, um, these nations to join the army, and then they would post them elsewhere in the empire. And the point of that was to be to, to almost to break the link. So there wouldn't be a whole load of soldiers around who might cause trouble. You send them to the furthest end of the empire, send them to Britain, perhaps. Keep them busy. And keep them busy. And make them work for you instead. Absolutely. And But you then treat them with, you know, you pay them and you treat them with respect. And hopefully over time they become Roman. With so many non-Roman auxiliary soldiers coming here from all over the empire, I want to know if they bought anything with them. Yes, they did. Um, at uh, Housesteads and at Bird Oswald, um, there were units of Frisian uh, auxiliaries, so from the modern day the Netherlands, and they used quite a distinctive type of pottery uh, for all of their, their cooking and their, and their eating. And that pottery was, is of a style that's only made in, in Frisia. So they would have brought that with them? Possibly not brought it with them, but they would have brought the knowledge of how to make it with them. And so they would have, for whatever reason, maybe because they just preferred that kind of style or it reminded them of home, they wanted to eat in bowls. Home comforts. Home comforts, yes, that they were familiar (laughs) with. Well, we all need our home comforts. In the next episode of Discover the Wall, I find out more about Roman women and children. The women, if they ran a household, they would have done the cooking, the cleaning, you know, the household chores. Had to make cloth to make clothes. You know, it's not like just pop into the, the shop now. Exploring what family life was like along Hadrian's Wall. We know that both adults and children alike had games and we've got evidence of children's toys at Corbridge. So if we go into the museum, I'll show you some of the examples we have. And if you want to discover Hadrian's Wall for yourself, just search English Heritage online and find out more about the amazing things you can see and do at Corbridge Roman Town, Chester's Roman Fort and Museum, Halstead's Roman Fort and Bird Oswald Roman Fort.